The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome back to the National Football Show. It always warms my heart when I get a chance to talk to Fox Sports' Tim Brando. He's such a passionate guy for the college football game and for college basketball. He's been covering it forever. And, you know, he brings a great point up about everybody gloom and doom about these college kids making money off their name and likeness. And that's what you get because the majority of the people that are in the print media are your older journalists who are set in their ways that, I mean, look, we had Bill Hancock on with us a couple months ago, and Bill is the executive director of the college football playoff, and he thinks it is absolutely brutal on what's happening now for college athletes. I don't know how you could think that. You know, what, what, what gets me is these athletic directors in these programs that are making the amount of money that they're generating hundreds of millions of dollars. And I can't believe they don't see how they're taking advantage of all of these student athletes. I mean, they're like oblivious to it. It's so I don't know how you can justify paying Nick Saban $11 million and telling a kid, well, your room and board are taken care of and you're on scholarship, so that's all you get. I don't know how you justify that. Okay? I re- really, you can do that in the military. Hell, you could do that in prison. You can get educated for free in prison. And actually, you can actually have a job where you make some money in jail. You can't do that in college football. Now they've lessened it up a little bit where you can have a job but I, I, I just don't think it's the gloom and doom that everyone is writing about. And I think Tim's right on with it. And it's going to be interesting, like I said, on how programs are going to be moving forward on how this is going to affect college sports. 
Now, does this mean that more money gets brought into the college athletic departments around the country? I do believe so. Now, the big question will be, okay, well, now that you're using the Alabama Crimson Tide logo, does the school get a piece of that too? I mean, are you going to start, if you're, say, Alabama and you've got a superstar athlete, and that superstar athlete is in your athletic department, and he's wearing the uniform, do you have the right to use that logo, that uniform? Like for me, having the U, would I have the ability to be able to have my likeness used, me wearing the University of Miami uniform? See, this is where I think you start to get into like a little bit of the weeds here and how this is going to be determined because eventually you're going to have smaller universities doing this. You're going to have smaller institutions going, wait a minute. Why am I giving you my Memphis Tigers logo for you to be able to make money and I'm not making anything off it? You're making some money on this, and the only reason that you're making money on this is because you're a Memphis basketball player, and I'm using a program like that. Memphis has got a great basketball program. Penny Hardaway does a great job running that program. Actually, Penny has turned down the Orlando Magic job, so he loves what he's doing there in Memphis with that basketball program. I think even Larry Brown's now an assistant coach on that team. So it's really, and I'm not, you know, diminishing it in any way. I'm just using them as an example here. How are you going to determine whether or not we're going to be sitting here and we're going to be using that particular person and the likeness of those uniforms? That is still going to have to be legislated out here a little bit. So a lot of things when it comes to that. A lot of things. Okay? A lot of things here. All right. We're trying to effort our friend Christine Brennan. Hopefully we're able to catch up with her. And we'll be able to talk a little bit with her about some of the things that are going on in the college games here. So hopefully we'll be able to – Doug Williams will join us. That'll be at the bottom of the hour as well. You know, we were mentioning, you know, so much about Don and camp now. And as teams are looking at these rosters and as teams are getting ready for the upcoming football season, you're going now into your training camps and you're seeing the depth charts that are posted on the walls there. And you're finding out where you are in the room as you're getting ready for training camp. This is one of the times right now where. Every single player is in a position right now where you pretty much know what you have to do once you go into training camp. You have to understand where you are in your football team. Now, with today's rules, I don't think you have the same ability that you did in years past because there's just not enough time when it comes to training camp for you to be able to win an opportunity at winning a starting job. Now, unless you've had transition in that position, unless you are uh, not happy with the production that you're maybe not getting out of that particular position, the chances of you, especially in a place like Green Bay or especially in a place like Tampa right now where you have your front 22 already set, that's going to be a very difficult place to be able to make those football teams. Right now, those football teams are looking at their depth chart, and those football teams are doing things when it comes to being able, once again, to try to build depth. 
You know, it's funny. I, I was talking to somebody about the Buccaneers and somebody was saying something to me that the Buccaneers pretty much are the favorites to win the NFC. I'm like this. I told him, I go, look, every year is a new storyline. We had Bruce Arians on our program a couple months ago. And Bruce was saying, nobody cares about last year. Nobody is sitting around worrying about last year. Nobody cares about what we did a year ago. And that's to be true with every single roster that's in the NFL right now. Everyone right now is trying to look at their particular roster and trying to figure out if they're going to be contenders or not contenders right now with the 53 guys that they've got to pick off the 90-man roster. So you're in a position right now where these rosters now, they're, they're set in the big places, but they're not set when it comes to um, some of the teams that may be outlier teams. So, all right, I want to take a quick time out here, try to run down Christine Brennan. We'll see if we can do that. You keep it right here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. 
It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Welcome back to the National Football Show. Dan Cilio here. Doug Williams at the bottom of the hour. Our friend Christine Brennan, because of her involvement with the Olympic Games with USA Today Sports, um, she is, I would say this, and I think I could use this as we bring her on. I think I could use this in a broadcasting sense here. She is a hot commodity right now because the <laughs> Olympic Games are front and center for her right now. And Christine joins us here on the National Football Show. How are you doing, Christine? Well, Dan, I am great. Thank you. And my apologies for being a few minutes late. I was just finishing up an interview actually with ABC Nightline, which went a little over about Shakari Richardson. And yes, you're right. The Olympics are front and center leaving next week and it is busy, but I always have a few moments and for you. And again, my apologies for running late. Absolutely all good here. Christine, I first want to start off before we get into the Olympics. You being there in Washington, I would like your sense of what you see and how that Washington team is being run by the Snyder family. And I've not asked you this question before about his involvement, the controversy that went on last year and really the last couple of years. Um, Just your thoughts on how you see that family has run that organization since he's taken control of the team. Yeah, you know, I covered the team back in the 80s when they won games, Dan, and won Super Bowls. And uh, with Joe Gibbs as the head coach and Jack Kent Cook as the owner, Bobby Beathard, general manager. And those were the glory days uh, when I covered that team for the Washington Post, 85, 86, and 87, ending with the Super Bowl in January of 88 uh, with uh, Doug Williams, as you mentioned. Uh, and tell Doug I said hi. Uh, Doug, Doug leading uh, Washington over Denver in that Super Bowl. Uh, in in 88. It was just a great triumph for Doug Williams as uh, the first black uh, man to lead a, um, well, I think he was the first black man to to win the Super Bowl MVP, um, as I recall. And so anyway, and I love Doug. Uh, What a a class act, wonderful person he is. And, you know, those days, listen, Jack Kent Cook was eccentric as the owner of the team. Um, he was, um, you know, he'd, he'd, he'd come out to practice and he's, he's much shorter than I am and others. And he would pat me on the head and he would, you know, my dear girl. And I'm obviously stuff that we would never accept now that we just kind of, you know, I just kind of like Mr. Cook, you know, and kind of moved away <laughs> from him. Um, but you know, he was eccentric. He was kind of crazy. Uh, he was a multi, you know, millionaire, zillionaire, billionaire owner of the Chrysler building, obviously built the fabulous forum, owned the Lakers. Um, and, uh, but he also knew this, you own the team and you hire people like Joe Gibbs and Bobby Beathard, and you let them run the team. And unfortunately for Dan Snyder and for Washington football fans, Dan Snyder never seemed to quite learn that. And he's been meddling, uh, making decisions, getting way too involved, not hiring people and not letting them do their jobs or, or getting, you know, not trusting them enough, whatever. He's been doing that now as long as he's been here. And unfortunately, it shows. It shows he either loses people, loses great coaches, uh, makes, helps make bad decisions, um, and, and the rest is history. And the team is just, uh, well, I never thought I'd say this. A couple of years ago when the Washington Nationals were in the, in the World Series and won it, 
Um, this town was a baseball town in the fall, Dan, in September, October. This town left the football team and became a baseball town. Never in a million years would I have thought Washington would be that way. I do think with Ron Rivera, I do think with the name change, um, which of course Snyder said never, all caps, said that to my colleague Eric Brady at USA Today, never would they change the name. Well, guess what? They changed the name. Uh, and that's good news. I think that's a forward step in the right direction. And, uh, and Rivera and some of the other changes have been good. But I don't think Snyder should still be the owner. I know he's given up the duties to his wife. But um, the, the slap on the wrist uh, that he received from the NFL for the cesspool of sexual harassment and, um, and, and just awful, awful behavior, um, he should never be allowed to be near the team again. And I'm afraid he will be. And that's unfortunate because he either knew about it and was involved in it. There were some allegations that he was involved in one or two of those stories. And if he didn't know about it, then shame on him as the owner for not knowing about it. Either way, um, I don't think he should ever be allowed back with the team as an owner. That's a rare thing. Happened with Donald Sterling, happened with uh, Jerry Richardson with the, in, with the NFL. It's rare to get rid of an owner. Um, but let's see what happens. May, I hope maybe he's away for a long time. Nonetheless, um, it's, a, it's a shameful, shameful time in the history of a great franchise uh, with the way Dan Snyder has run it. And then, of course, with the horrible allegations of sexual harassment, many of them, dozens of them that The Washington Post uncovered last year. Absolutely. Christine Brennan here with us from USA Today Sports. Let me throw this at you now, Christine. The And, and you and I may disagree on this. I don't know your position on Sakari Richardson. And by the way, she looks like the heir apparent to Flo Joe. She really did. I'm so rooting for her. And by the way, marijuana, the rules in our country are so lax. But this is what I was asked the question the other day. Do you think that she should not be invited to the Olympic Games this summer. And I said, listen, if somebody told me I had to stop at every single stop sign to be able to go to the Olympic Games, and it was a dumb rule, I would do it because it's the least athletic thing that it's being asked to me. It's just something. If you want to smoke all the pot you can after the Games, so be it. I understand her biological mom. I understand everybody copes differently. And I said this, it's a shame. I underline that too with you, Christine. It's a shame that this has stopped her. However, I, I, I just think it's a lack of discipline when you see something like this. What says you on this case? No, you, you've got a very good, you're making a very good point, Dan. And I think it's, um, there are multiple ways to look at it. It is heartbreaking. And that, those are my words, but those it are is. also, the, and your words, but they're also the words of the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency. Uh, Travis Tiger, the drug, the ultimate drug cop in America, the guy that brought Lance Armstrong to justice. Uh, he even said it was heartbreaking. So we can all agree, even those that are, must enforce the rules, like USADA, the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency, um, that it, it's this heartbreaking. This is so unfortunate. I do agree with you. And even President Joe Biden said this, the rules are the rules. And it is, you know, I, I've been around these athletes and you've, I'm sure been too, where like, like, let's say someone's, I, I would never be in this situation really, but you watch them up at their uh, press conference. And if there's a water bottle there that's had a, a tiny, it's cracked open, no athlete will ever touch it because you just don't know what's in that water bottle. You want the bottle that is not, has been unopened. They are so particular. Katie Ledecky, uh, who will be one of the stars of the team going in, if she is not going to be home for 15 minutes 
but running to Whole Foods or Safeway or whatever, she will text USADA her whereabouts on the off chance they're coming to do a drug test at her apartment or house at that exact moment. That's how particular she is. And that's the point you're making, that as everyone is so careful and jumping through hoops and doing things, even if it sounds stupid, you do it. For Shakari to then not do that, even though, of course, we understand the reason why. She was distraught because she just found out her biological mother had died. And instead of being able to call a hotline, which, gosh, I, the mental health conversation here is a part of this. I know. Uh, right? Naomi Osaka brought that up yep. and a lot of points uh, you know, about that, a lot of issues there. But the same thing. And instead of reaching for the pot, if she had been able to make a call and get a psychologist on the phone who said, no, 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 don't do that. Let's talk. And I can be over there in an hour. Let's sit down. Let's work this out. Oh, my goodness. What a mistake she made, even though we completely are heartbroken for her, why she made that decision. Um, but I do think there's a mental health component here. And I do also think uh, good news, I think, for the future, the World Anti-Doping Agency will look at marijuana. This could be that watershed moment to say, hey, is it time to take it off the ban list? Even though there are those scientific, uh, there are scientific uh, studies that show pro and con on performance enhancement, but it could be something that could enhance the performance of someone who's injured. You know, if you're injured, but you can't quite feel the injury, if you're a boxer, could that be helpful? Um, it could it calm you down for golf. I don't know. You know, I know we're kind of laughing. People be like, oh, come on. You know, marijuana is a performance enhancing drug. Well, there are people out there who say it is, many who say it's not. This will be a conversation that the World Anti-Doping Agency will take up. But we need to keep in mind, last point for me on this, we look at through American eyes, through red, white, and blue eyes. And so we say, my goodness, all these states are now legalizing marijuana. Why is in Oregon it's legal? That's where she took it. No, folks, we've got to look at this through the international lens. This is a worldwide doping issue. It will be a worldwide decision. It's not our U.S. decision. It's not Americans get to make the call. And um, that's why I think it will happen. But it's, there are countries that still criminalize marijuana. There are countries that still throw people in jail for marijuana. They will also have a part in the conversation about what happens with marijuana moving forward in the Olympic world. So this is not an easy decision by any means. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm with you. I'm completely heartbroken for it because we're not talking about performance enhancing here. We're talking about more medication and more meditation stuff here. And so I completely agree with you. Another topic here as we move forward, the most recognizable American will be Simone Biles when she goes over and performing. I got to tell you, Christine, I really like the way, or maybe you disagree with it. Maybe you think it's being front and center a little more. How the media has moved away from the Larry Nasser story as we get ready because, you know, I was talking to my daughter the other day who's a Division One rugby player at Grand Canyon University, and I'm so proud. I, I, I had a conversation with her, and she's like, Dad, it's really great, isn't it, that they've moved past that? And I'm like, have they? I go, There's, I, I can't think, and it breaks my heart, all those women who were – abused all those years and to see what these women are doing with their chins up. I am, I, I got to tell you, it's emotional for me. I am so proud of this women's gymnastics team, Christine. It's remarkable what they've come through for them to be able to go over there and represent our country. I'll tell you what, that's one team I'm looking forward to says you. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you nailed it. I mean, think about it. Simone Biles is the biggest star going into the games 
she is not only the greatest gymnast of all time, she is also one of the most outspoken survivors of the worst sexual abuse scandal in Olympic sports history. And I believe the worst sexual abuse scandal throughout sports history. And she survived that. And she has actually been a leader and a voice calling for change. It's amazing. But I, I also think you're right. As the games move closer, we're a couple of weeks away. It makes sense that we focus more on the athleticism of this incredible woman, uh, this great athlete and her teammates uh, who will be favored to win gold medals galore. Uh, and we focus less on that story from several years ago. It was the, the victim impact statements were in January of 2018, hard to believe, more than three years ago. Um, that's when I think the nation really started to realize how terrible this was. There was the SBs a few months after that, the SB awards where, what, several hundred appeared on stage and it was just absolutely jaw-dropping to see the number of women abused by Larry Nasser, and we know it's in well, over 600 or so. It's just horrible. And, but it's also every minute you watch Simone Biles athletically, as I know you, you appreciate, Dan, and I know your listeners and viewers do too, every minute you are celebrating a survivor. You're celebrating overcoming that to reach these new heights. And so it's the ultimate success story, and it's beautiful, and it's fantastic. Um, and hopefully, even as we're watching the sports end of it, which you and I will be and, and, and amazed and, and uh, inspired, as, as so many people will, boys and girls, men and women around the world, um, you know, maybe there is someone who's dealing with abuse. And if there's one or two out there that see this, even though we do think the story is kind of past or it's, you know, we moved on as we understandably would to the sports aspect of it, if she and, and her teammates can help one or two young people speak out and say, come forward and, and talk to a parent or a, a, a member of the clergy or a teacher or someone and say, hey, I've got to tell you about this person that's doing this. Well, that will be the and victory also for Simone Biles and for all of them again. And, and so I hope that, um, you know, you'll hope that there are no more victims and no more people needing that. But we know, of course, that there, there are. And so, um, uh, unfortunately, sadly, tragically. And so let's hope that she gives voice to them, not only as sports fans, but also potentially giving voice to the victims who are still out there. And I know that you are front and center in this story, too. And I got to tell you, I'm I am just thrilled to death. I cannot wait to root for her and just absolutely just cheer America on and as our number one representative um, over in Tokyo. Thank you so much, Christine. I know that you're so busy right now. You're getting ready to travel to the Olympic Games and you taking time with me. Thank you so much, as always. Oh, Dan, my pleasure. Again, sorry for running late, but oh, you good. know what? Here's what I hear. I'm going to put it on record. Um, the time difference, it'll be six in the morning in Tokyo. Let's do it. I'll get up early one day, one during the Olympics, and let's do this. Uh, do this from Tokyo, okay? Fantastic. I owe you that. Fantastic! That is awesome. Thank you, Christine. Have a great trip over there, and be safe. Thanks, Dan. We'll talk soon. Take care. Bye bye. You got it. That's my friend Christine Brennan. So we've got a date with Christine Brennan from USA Today. She'll get up in the morning for us, and we'll be able to talk some Olympic games live from the Tokyo Games. We'll take a brief timeout. Another legendary person will join us. I'll tell you who that is on the other side. You keep it here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. 
and keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huckenfot. What's that? Huckenfot. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Welcome back to the National Football Show, Dan Cilio. We're going to effort our friend Doug Williams, Super Bowl MVP, works in the Washington team organization still to this day. It's such a great success story, Doug Williams. Doug has gone through so much adversity in his career, really. I mean, one of the most gifted players coming out of college when he was at Grambling, became the face of a franchise in the South was one of the first forerunners to being an African-American to play that position, James Harris, uh, Marlon Briscoe, guys like that. And the amount of racism that he faced from an owner who was known to have those tendencies in Hugh Culverhouse, the things that he accomplished in his legendary career, and not to be able to really have a dream head coaching job I always thought was something that really 
was the last thing that was remaining on Doug Williams's resume. He has done everything as a player. He's been an executive now for the Washington team for, I believe, the last 10 years. And, I mean, legendary in both Tampa and in Washington. So hopefully we're able to catch up with him and get his comments here as we move forward here. He was at a quarterback summit and a hiring summit for minorities and abilities to be able to have chances on being interviewed in the NFL and hiring practices uh, in Phoenix last week. And we'll get his thoughts on all the things that transpired out of that meeting. So we'll talk to him. Hopefully we'll be able to effort him. Uh, He's running around as the Washington team's getting ready for a training camp and Doug's knee deep into that organization too. And so all good here. Hey, real quick before we go to him here, um, you know what's really cool? Is that I, I I don't know how many people watched the NBA Finals game one last night. Do you understand something of Aaron Rodgers and his Milwaukee Bucks? You know that Aaron Rodgers has a percentage ownership in the Milwaukee Bucks. And if the Bucks end up somehow coming back and he ends up coming back and that team ends up winning an NBA championship, I don't know. He's got to be like one of the only guys ever to have an NBA championship ring and a Super Bowl ring. Because he's got some sort of like percentage ownership uh, in the Milwaukee Bucks, and he would get himself an NBA championship ring. You know, as I said, I I really liked that match yesterday, and I love the ability that you know really shows you a little bit behind the curtain here when it comes to who Aaron Rodgers is. I love this new Tom Brady. Speaking of starting quarterbacks in Tampa. The job that he's done there with the Buccaneers has been remarkable in an organization that had not been to the playoffs um, in over a decade. And what does Brady do his first year? He rolls in there. He ends up going to the Super Bowl and winning the damn thing in their own building, Raymond James, which was remarkable. Going through a pandemic, which makes it even more crazier. So, I mean (laughs) – uh, it's been a interesting couple, of, you, you know, even after the match, which by the way, uh, Rogers and DeChambeau ended up taking out Mickelson and Brady. I, I, I still thought again, you know, some of the comments that have been coming out of Aaron Rodgers over the last, uh, couple days here he said he was working on mental health. You know, the pressure that it has to go with that position, especially in today's NFL. I mean, you're making $35 million a year. You have the entire franchise's back uh, team, excuse me, on your back to rely on you to win a championship, especially in a place like Green Bay. We're not talking about like in Nashville with the Tennessee Titans. We're not talking about the Atlanta Falcons. You're talking about the Green Bay Packers. We're talking about a football program that is expecting to win. And by the way, I've said this before. You've had two quarterbacks in that building for 31 years. You've had Brett Favre and you've had Aaron Rodgers. What's wrong with that picture? And there's no doubt that it's played its toll. It's played its toll. And the pressures of being a starting quarterback, clearly you heard Aaron Rodgers um, make those comments. And he's saying that he was working on mental health. Look, man, the Green Bay Packers are notorious for not dealing with their quarterbacks. 
especially as they're coming down and winding it down. We saw what happened with Brett Favre. We are now watching a little bit here with how they're handling Aaron Rodgers. And by the way, this is just an observation here. I'm not in the building. You know, I'm not one of these sports guys that's going to tell you, oh, they're doing. When I've been in NFL buildings on teams that do it right and teams that do it wrong. And the only thing that I would tell you is the problem in Green Bay for me from an outsider has to be the communication. You know, I, I brought this up with Trey Lance. And Trey Lance, who was drafted number three overall by the San Francisco 49ers over the weekend, you know what he said? Over the weekend, he goes, man, I got to tell you something, man. Jimmy G's the best player and person I've ever been around. I've, I've never been around a better person. That's all communication. We'll continue more of that conversation. And one of my friends now that I have some of the greatest respect for, he is Doug Williams. And I, I can't tell you how I appreciate you doing this, Doug. Thank you so much. And by the way, Doc Walker, he made sure I said this to you. Tell that dude he's the best teammate I've ever been around, and he says to say hi to you. All right, Doc Walker, my man. He loves you, man. You know what? You know what? You know what, Doug? He says that it was so how you walked into a room and how everybody would always just gravitate to you. I say this about the great quarterbacks like Tom Brady. The greatest asset that a quarterback can have in the NFL is that he's the best teammate that he possibly can be. Do you, do you subscribe to that? I do. You know, I think it comes from being a leader. You know, you can tell your your leaders of, of any team or any company, what have you, is when they walk in, you, you can feel the presence. Um, you know, that's what I try to tell the young guys. Like a couple of years ago, we had asking here, and I told him, I said, you got to walk in a room, man. They got to know you there. And, and you, you don't make yourself known. You got to do it by uh, leadership and how you lead men. I think that's the bottom line. You know, we had Kevin Colbert on the program a couple weeks ago, and I told him, this was my assessment. Doug, I don't know if you agree with me on Dwayne Haskins. I said he was a green apple that was picked off the tree a little bit too soon, and that leadership and, as the thing that you said, and maturity. Sometimes, because I left college early, and I didn't have the maturity that I needed to play in the NFL. And he's going to a place where he'll be put on blast by Mike Tomlin and the expectations in that organization, I think he's actually going to benefit from what happened in Washington and now going to Pittsburgh. Could you see him coming out of this thing here, being around a guy like Mike Tomlin? You know, I certainly hope so. Talent-wise, that's not a uh, more talent individual in the league as far as throwing the ball and doing all that uh, kinds of things. But maturity is, is an issue. And, um, you know, when, when he went up to Pittsburgh, I said that's a good move because I'm hoping uh, with Mike Tumlin there, Mike can really tell him what it's all about and can help him learn how to be a leader. I think that's the bottom line, help him. And see, once he realized that it ain't all about him, but it is about him, he'll be all right. You know, he got to give other people praise. It ain't about how well he does. It's about how well the other people does. And if they do well, that means you do well. That part, I don't know whether he he really gets it as of right now. You know, Doug, you and I have had conversations about this, and I, I told you this when we were sitting around Leroy Selman. By the way, I got to show you this. Okay. 
Oh, Leroy signed this for me years ago. Said to my boy Dan right there, man. Is there a better man than this dude right here, right? Right? There ain't a better man in America ever. You know, from the first day I met him in Sarasota, Florida, until the last day, you know, Leroy Selman is the epitome of what a good individual is all about. And a great player, too. And you and I, like I said, had conversations about this. Doug, I mean, this goes into where I'm going with you with this, too. You know, the, the hiring practices for African-Americans at both the college ranks and also the NFL is abysmal. There's 135 Division One football programs in the country, and there's seven black coaches. I mean, I don't even know where to go with that number. I mean, you want to know racism? That's a number right there where you have to open your eye and go, wait a minute, 135 programs, and there's only seven black coaches in the country, and the majority of those coaches – are not at the premier programs in the country. And then in the NFL, you see that it's opportunity, more so than anything, with coaches advancing. Um, let's start with the college ranks. What has to change in the college ranks for more opportunities for minorities to get? And I'm not talking the University of Buffaloes. I'm talking about, and I'll use this, Doug, the Kentuckys of the world or, you know, <laughs> the USFs of the world or – Programs that are D1 programs that really can make a difference on the college level. What has to change? Wow. What has to change? And, and, I, I, and to be honest with you, Dan, I, I find it hard to change because uh, the alumni is a big factor in hiring people. Um, you know, the president is, is the president, but he don't have a lot of say-so, uh, per se. That's, that's the way I look at it. I think it's the money people. And you and I both know at the end of the day, the, the people who have the money wants to hire somebody who looks like them. And I think that's what is really happening. You know, it's unfortunate that we don't have um, a lot more um, black coaches across this state, these states and colleges, because there are guys out there who can do the job. You know, they don't hesitate to get one who's a great recruiter and, and things like that. But, but, I think at the end of the day, man, the ADs and the president just had to get together and say, you know what, I'm going to have the best guy and look at it from that standpoint. Uh, when that's going to happen, I don't know, but we're working on it. We're trying to get a lot of candidates out there and hopefully that somebody would, would recognize that there's a lot of guys that are out there who can be coaches uh, at that level. You know, Doug, it, I'm looking at this through a white guy, Italian guy's prism. When I say this, I don't want a black guy as my head coach. I want the right guy as my head coach. But there has to be an avenue and a vehicle for opportunity for it to be equal when we're putting men in the same room. You know what I mean? I mean, guys in the locker room, uh, personally, I don't think today, I don't go like this. I don't care who he is, if he's gay, if he's black, if he's this, if he's that. Can he play? Can we win? Is he a good teammate? That's all I really care about. But I, I don't know we get there with that. And currently in the state that we're at right now because of the lack of opportunity at the college level. There's no doubt. There is a lack of opportunity at the college level. And like you say, you don't want a black coach. You want the best guy. And I can honestly say there's a lot of best guys out there that just so happen to be black that has not been given those opportunities. And um, But at the end of the day, man, you know, it's, it's sickening. It's, it's hard-wrenching. Uh, every year, you know, Shaq and I, we talk about it all the time, and we just wonder what could be done about it. And, and you can't tell a guy 
who to have at, at the university um, because they're going to hire who they want to. But we're hoping some of they want to or some of these black guys who are qualified to coach. And I think those that's what we're looking for more than anything. James Harris, who you're talking about, obviously, Shaq Harris, one of the absolutely forefathers when it came to African-Americans playing the position. Doug, is that a hole in your resume? And 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 no disrespect to Grambling, Eddie Robinson, you got a chance to coach there, I think, on two stints. So, I mean, no disrespect to that, but I'm talking about getting a job out of Kentucky or a Tennessee or someplace like that. Will that always be a hole in your resume that you feel that because it wasn't anything to do with the right guy, as you and I say, it was because of circumstances that we had just been talking about? Well, you know, I don't, I don't look at it as a whole. I look at it as a, a disappointment, and we all live through disappointment, you know. But at the end of the day, you know, coaching at Gramlin was, was certainly a great opportunity for me, and I enjoyed every day of it. But, um, you know, the Kentucky situation, you know, is, is what it is. Is how it worked out, and we got to deal with it. We got to live with it. Um, you know, I really thought I had an opportunity there until you wake up the next morning and you realize you're not going to be the guy. But that's, that's you know, that's the decision that they made, and, um, you know, we just had to live with it. But I don't know whether it be a hole uh, in my resume or anything like that, per se, because once it didn't happen – you just got to move on. You you mention it, you you talk about it, but you still got to move on because time not waiting on anybody. Doug, do you think the alumni at Kentucky put pressure on the president not to hire you? That was a um, a couple of things involved in that, that that I didn't know about at the time. But one of the writers called me that morning and uh, kind of told me what what had happened because one of the ads that was in in place at that particular time had uh, worked at the University of Oregon. And uh, we know who got the job. So at that particular time, I knew right then what, what was going on because he was it was a payback situation. And, uh, you know, we had to live with it. And, and when he told me that, I understood exactly where he was coming from. The NFL, um, the Rooney rule, you know, and I'm looking – and, Doug, I look around, no disrespect to – Brandon Staley, I think his name is, in L.A. I've never heard of the guy, okay? And I never knew that he was a head coach anywhere at any level. Uh, Kevin Stefanski in Cleveland. Now Nick Sirianni in Philadelphia. He was, a, I believe, a receivers coach in San Diego and worked with Frank in Indianapolis. I don't know who these guys are. I mean, and yet these guys have limited backgrounds when it comes to being head coaches. And yet, you know, you and I talk about a guy and we talk about opportunities for African-Americans. Is it getting better or are we still stuck in cement here a little bit on giving minorities opportunities to advance in the NFL? I think we put it in reverse, first of all. But hopefully that that, that would change soon. Um, you know, guys you call, you know, I'm not going to knock those guys. Uh, they, you know, especially uh, Kevin Spansky up in Cleveland. He got a good quarterback. He got a good team. It makes him a better coach. Um, but I think at the end of the day, you know, we got a lot of guys that probably could have went there and, and did, did a good job, could have went to uh, out of the charges and, and do a good job. There's a lot of things that could have happened, but they, they got the job and we can't talk about that. We can't worry about that part. We just got to worry about the guys that are in the pipeline, like like the enemy. You, you know how many great coaches out there, like, like Coach Caldwell, Jim Caldwell, ain't no way in the world 
Jim Caldwell should not be coaching in the National Football League. You got Leslie Frazier, who's the coordinator up in Buffalo. You know, and I mentioned the enemy. You look over at, in Tampa, you got Todd Bowles, you got Byron Leftwich, you got Goodwin. I mean, you got so many guys that are out there. And I think Bruce Arian uh, did one heck of a job. His three top, his three top, let me say, let me turn it back. His four top coaches are all black, special team coordinator, defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, and assistant head coach which tells you one thing, they can coach. And and he said that. And, and you know, we, we're grateful to him. But at the end of the day, some only got to look at it and take it in his heart to say, you know what, I'm going to hire the best coach, and this is the best coach. Because you can't tell me Jim Caldwell should not still be working in the National Football League. You know, you know, Doug, I, a couple more questions here for you, Doug. I mean, I, I say this all the time. Black athletes are covered differently than white athletes. And I would assume that white coaches are given more autonomy than black coaches as well. I mean, like you mentioned, you have one poor season. Um, you're fired or look at even Lovey Smith, Lovey Smith, I think had a nine and seven record and the bears fired him. And I'm thinking to myself there, okay, what were the Chicago bears actually thinking that they were going to do 12 and four with that crappy ass roster that they had? So I, I I look around the room here, Doug. Am I right when I say that that African Americans are held on a different scale when it comes to expectations than white coaches? Well, there's no doubt. If you look around, you know, you're talking about the Wilkes out in out in out in Arizona. You know, was only given one year. Um, you know, when you look at it from that standpoint, you would have to say that you know, as far as the even playing uh, playing ground, it, it's not even. And and that's unfortunate, um, but but hopefully, you know, I guess I, I got a lot of hope, and and, and hope that it it'll work out and be a lot better down the road. That's just like you know, we just did this coaching summit, and I think you mentioned it earlier, and and we had the enemy on with Patrick Mahomes doing an interview, and it was out of sight, man. Ain't nowhere in the world you tell me that the enemy cannot handle himself and cannot handle young men. Wow, that must have been awesome to listen to there. Doug, I want to take you to Tampa here. Um <laughs> you know, you know, you know, Doug, it's funny. I look at you and I see you mostly around and you have branded yourself, or I don't know, maybe we have branded you as a Washington guy. To me, you're a buccaneer guy, but I wonder if you still see yourself as that because and, and listen, this is, by the way, I'm making this point, guys. Doug Williams is not saying this. We worked for a owner who had racist tones and for a guy in Kruger who kind of accentuated those things. I'm wondering, Doug, in Tampa, is it, and was it unfinished business for you? Was it bad memories for you there on how they treated you in the end? And that's why you don't really or maybe I'm wrong here. See yourself as a Buccaneer. Is, 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 am I right when I say that assessment or am I off base? Let, let me say this, Dan. You know, um, Tampa Bay was, was, was a great start for me. And, and I appreciate everything that happened down there. And, uh, you know, the people down there, um, as far as, you know, being a Buccaneer, I think you, you got to remember where you come from in order to know where you're going. There ain't no doubt about it that when I mean, you think about Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you think about where you got your 
thought and, and, and things like that. A lot of people don't remember that, but that's fine. But at the end of the day, it all depends on how the, the organization treats you and, and how they look at you and what they feel about you. Um, I know, I do know that, you know, some fans in Tampa and uh, some of the organizations still got a lot of respect for the Wheels, and I, and I appreciate that. But I think up here in Washington is a little different because, um, you know, what I accomplished here and the way the people receive me and how they put their arms around me, it makes it feel a lot better at the end of the day. But uh, I'll, I'll never forget the fact that I still spent five years in Tampa, Florida. So at the end of the day, you can't get rid of it. You got to bring it with you no matter where you end up. And that's the way I look at it. For the five years, Doug Williams put that team in the postseason too, by the way, just in case people are keeping score out there too. So you had to be really impressed with what a new number 12 did down there in Tampa by putting that team into the Super Bowl with a pandemic going on, Doug, and they end up winning the thing. Maybe one of the most impressive things we've ever seen at that position in this league. Well, let, let me say this. Number 12, which is Tom Brady, uh, there's no doubt it's probably one, of, one if not the greatest quarterback to ever, to ever play in National Football League. You know, when I put on number 12 in Tampa back in 1978, he was one year old. <laughs> <laughs> he was born in 1977. So, you know, and that's something to think about. But, but no, I got a lot of respect for Tom. And yeah, I think if it wasn't for Tom Brady, I don't know whether they would have went to the Super Bowl because he willed them. He willed them to win. I mean, he had some talent, but at the same time, he willed them to that Super Bowl and, and had off to Tom Brady. And, and you know, now you talk about Tampa, they got two number 12. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. I close this with you here. Ryan Fitzpatrick's in the building there now, and I've heard nothing but – watch this. He may have been the right hire – as they go through the transition on looking for the future at that position, I heard nothing but great things. Riverboat Ron loves them, everybody in that organization. And I said this the other day to um, a couple guys up in New York. I said, the reason why I'm picking either Washington or the New York Giants to win the division, because they had the best defense in that division, those two teams. Am I right when I say that, that if we see a little Ryan Fitzmagic here, that team could probably repeat maybe as NFC East champs. Well, let me say this. I, I do believe if if uh, our defense, which we got a lot of great young players on defense, if they play up to what is written about them and what we expect of them, I think you give Ryan Magic Fitzpatrick uh, the football a little more often. You know, I talked to him a couple of times, and the first time I met him, you know, my beard was a lot longer than what it is now. <laughs> and and the first thing, the first thing he tells me. He said, "Hey, nice beard," <laughs> you know, which, which was good though. But no, I think I think Fitzpatrick gonna bring a lot of leadership to this football team. Absolutely, Doug. I thank you so much for this, man. I mean, I know you're pulled in all different directions all the time, and um, I just, you know what, man? Our our conversations, going to Leroy Solomon's, having fun time, sitting around with Leroy, man. Those, I, I, I those, those are some of the greatest times, man. Just sitting around talking to that man and you and being friends with you and all the people that were just great being around all you guys, man. I, 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 to this day, tell everybody I sat around a dinner table with Doug Williams and Leroy Selman having lunch with Jimmy Giles. And we're just sitting here, just shooting the crap there, man. Thank you so much. My friendship to you, man, means so much to me. Thank you, Doug.
Hey, Dan, take care of yourself, man. Good talking to you. You got it. Doug Williams, a legendary Doug Williams, former Super Bowl most valuable player. We'll take a brief time out. You keep it here on the National Football Show. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huckenfot. What's that? Huckenfot. Go now to Steersnacks.com. Welcome to the Wildwoods, the perfect place where you can safely do everything or nothing at all. Catch a wave, take a nap, go for a drive, grab a bite. It's your vacation, and we're doing everything we can to make it a safe one. The Wildwoods. Your vacation, your way. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. This is a key. It's a family tree. It's a pair of wings. It's a secret handshake. And a ticket to anywhere in the world. It's more than a uniform. It's the door to a world most people only dream of. There's strong, and then there's army strong. Try it on at GoArmy.com. Back show today, huh? Dan Cilio. National Football Show. By the way, tomorrow we'll talk a little more Dolphins football with our friend Kim Bocamper, former pro bowler and all pro with the Miami Dolphins, part of the broadcast team for the Fins. I'm still telling you that I don't think Tua Tagovailoa is the guy. I still think that they're looking potentially at trying to make a deal for Deshaun Watson with the Houston Texans. I still think that conversation is not dead yet. And 
I believe that they're just waiting to see how this thing is still going to unravel here or unfold. For Deshaun's sake, I hope it doesn't um, unravel and more unfolds for him in a great light. And by the way, not to throw any shade if there is any victims out there, because right now, again, the only thing that I'm going on is what everyone else is going on. And that's the fact of, of this is, is, is that there's no criminal charges that have been filed against Deshaun Watson as of 7-7-2021. They're all civil cases. So when I hear the civil cases, that means you're going after money. That doesn't mean you're going after him criminally. You're going after him civilly, which means you're attacking his wallet. Okay, well, if there's sexual assault going on, don't you want the guy's ass in jail first and then you go after him? That's usually the procedure. I'm not playing lawyer here on the air. I'm just saying usually that's, again, I'm not a lawyer. I'm just saying I thought that you did, you know, you tried to get the guy in jail first and then you went after him uh, civilly after that. So let's see how this whole thing, how about we use this word? Okay, unfolds. You know, I I was talking with Doug Peterson the other day. We're trying to get Doug on the program, the former head coach of the Eagles. And I want to throw this out at you. I asked Doug, point blank, did Howie Roseman and yourself, along with ownership, did you guys really hire Jalen Hurts? to get under the skin of Carson Wentz. He said, absolutely not. That was a media-made thing in Philadelphia. I said, Doug, hold on for a second. To be fair to the media, and I'm not ever siding on that side. I'm always on the player side. When you trade up to a two-pick, a number second-round pick, that's a quality pick. Okay, and maybe the better word is premium pick. We're not talking about taking Tom Brady in the sixth round here or some fifth round guy. Not saying that those guys could not make ball teams. Okay, Kirk Cousins, I think, was a fourth rounder, third rounder, something like that. Russell Wilson was a third rounder. Joe Montana was a third rounder. So I'm not throwing shade on that. I was like, that's a premium pick, dude. He's like, yeah, but we had to have a safety belt. Wentz had been getting hurt, and we, the 49ers did the same thing this year. There's nothing any different than what they've done, okay, than what Philadelphia did to protect their number one asset. It just unraveled. And he said this to me, and we're going to get him on. He said he thought Wentz unraveled, and that's the first time I had heard anybody in the organization say anything. He thought he unraveled mentally kind of shut down on certain things. Not always, but he shut down on listening to people telling him the truth. He started not to believe what was being told to him. That's because his camp got in his head. More to come. All right. Hey, I want to thank our boy Krause. want to thank my boy Cal. Hey, by the way, if you missed any of the show, great people we had on the program. Tim Brando joined us. Christine Brennan joined us, and so did the legendary Doug Williams join us. If you missed any of it, go over to the Jacob Media channel. You can share, like, watch it anytime you want. We'll be back with you tomorrow, going 4 to 6 Eastern time. Till then, we'll see you on the flip side. 
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.